0: Log
1: Talk Radio. I the, call the, call the, call the, cob cob call the, cob the, call cob side the cob I cob cob side i cob in cob cob side I cob side cob cob side cob cob side cob cob side cob cob side in yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Michigan. you look like the mere con kind of a uh, football. Greg Scalzo, TJ Hogan here, and we're now being joined by friend of show Devon Wilson of Real Sports Guys. You can follow them on Twitter at Real Sports Guys. What's up, Devon? Them, all right, all right. Call the cipher. All right, y'all. Welcome to, to RSG the cipher. This is D. Wils on it. The uh, cipher is another uh, you know podcast uh, on, on the RSG uh, platform. Uh, this is where you know we put something in the middle of the ring and uh, we freestyle with it uh, a little bit uh, tonight. And so the uh, cipher is uh, brought to you by uh, uh, Patreon. Uh, uh, Patreon is a, uh, a platform where uh, you can, the fans can find their favorite artists uh, on those platforms and performers. You can also find RSG and become a, uh, a Patreon uh, with us uh, by going to, um, to Patreon. So check us out on Patreon, uh, who's supporting us. Uh, you can reach us on RSG, uh, Real Sports Guys, on Twitter, IG, and Facebook. Uh, you can also reach us on Apple and all other podcast platforms here. Uh, tonight is a special night. You know, As we expand our game and get ready and go into new places, uh, we always going to bring a new RICO to us. So we have our first RSG intern uh, that we're going to have on here tonight with us. And, um, and part of when you become an intern with RSG, we also bring you on uh, and, and have you an opportunity to, have, to be in the talent space to share a little bit of what you love uh, about sports and uh, to talk about a topic. And uh, we have uh, the pleasure of having with us uh, as our RSG intern uh, is uh, uh, Darnell Kirkland. Uh, Darnell is um, uh, with us and is going to be helping us uh, produce with the show. But tonight, uh, this is a talented young man uh, who absolutely loves boxing. And uh, tonight's cypher is uh, uh, really focusing on boxing. Uh, we're going to be talking about the beef. What's the beef? You know, Deontay Wilder, A.J. Anthony, Joshua – Talking junk all over the place. You got Triple G and Canelo. It's all hot out there. There's all kinds of folks throwing stuff. You know, boxing has had a resurgence and uh we wanted to open up uh, uh Darnell's first um experience here with RSG uh with a topic that he really loves. But first of all, let's let's uh let's bring him to the air, you know, our new intern, uh uh Darnell Kirkland, How you doing, Darnell?
0: Man, I'm doing good. How are you?
1: Uh, doing well, man. It's good to have you on tonight with us. You know I know we've been it's been a little bit in the making uh, to have you here with us tonight, so um, I'm, I'm happy to have you uh, uh, be on the cipher and look forward to developing and growing with you uh, tonight. You know we're going to be talking a lot about boxing, you're going to be able to share you know, your boxing acumen with, with the folks out there. But um, talk a little bit about what, what are some of the teams you follow in other sports? What are some of your favorite teams? Uh, that you have I know you love boxing What are some of your Other favorite sports That you have That have made you Fall in love with just You know Wanting to be in This sports uh, Broadcasting space
0: Oh man um, I love I love basketball I love basketball And football mostly I watch um, I follow Football College football NFL Basketball Both college and, and the NBA But Really right now The NFL Is frustrating With all these Um Roughing the passer, penalty. I they They're crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was a defensive lineman. I feel I don't know if I could even sack somebody today. I I feel so I feel so sorry for uh, some of these, these these linemen who are rushing. You know, uh, you got Clay about to fall out. You know, every time you turn around, he just near them. They sniff and they throw a the flag. Um, I know the rules committee is going to come together. I can tell that you know when the quarterbacks will start telling you. That that it's is a little overboard. You know, you know it's a problem. So, I uh, which which team do you follow in football? In pro football. In fo-
0: pro football. Oh man. With me, I don't really. Um, I'm not one of those guys that really follow the team per se. I like them um, because I'm like you. I played. Um, I played defense in high school, so I yeah. the the kind of like styles that I follow is like the defensive type of football. So. I love this year. I'm, I'm loving watching um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, mm-hmm. Minnesota, Chicago, Saint the, the not Saint Louis. They're they're in L. A. now, but the Rams with um Aaron Donald and Sue. That's gonna be nice to yeah.
1: watch. Yeah, They, they them, two, them two big fellas gonna gonna hold down uh, hold down the middle, <laughs> uh all, 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 all together and everything else. And you mentioned a basketball. So, are you you a a Pistons fan, or you you a Michigan fan, or you you somewhere else in terms of uh, the basketball?
0: Man, basketball is something else because like there's so much player movement going around now in the league. Mm -hmm. So like I end up following most of my favorite players. Like I get I get lead pass every year. So like I follow Chris Paul every team he's on. Pretty much my favorite team. So so you you that
1: generation you that generation that follows the player. You know, my generation yeah. we had our teams. I was, I was with the bad boys, but you in that generation where you, you have your player and you're gonna ride for them.
0: Right. It cha- it changes like you know you gonna hate me for this, but uh I grew up a Michigan <laughs> State fan, right? I grew oh. up a Michigan State fan from birth in in the heart of Ann Arbor. <laughs> but,
1: oh but, my um, goodness. <laughs> But oh, it was, um, goodness! It was I know Hank up. is probably having a heart
0: attack. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I grew up. Um, basketball is my first favorite sport. So like, I love watching like um, Jason Richardson, Mateen Cleves, Shannon Brown, um, all those guys at Michigan State. And then football season come around, they were horrible. <laughs> so it's like you got to stick. You got to end up um, watching some football, some way. So. I'm, like, yeah.
1: so- so, you, so you know, if if Hank were on the show, you might have heard this sound. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said it's the spark Oh yeah. You you might, you you, you pull out the cocaine, who's a junkyard dog. So when you're on the board, you might have to press that button every once in a while. But that dog yeah. might have come out if if, if Hank would have been on here. You know, I'm over in Wisconsin now, so I got to spread my loyalties around right now. Uh, you know, in the Big Ten. Uh, but but uh, uh, I'm glad. This is what makes you part of the real sports guy. You weren't afraid to. You said it with your chest. You said it with right. your chest. I got to give I got to <laughs> give you a little credit. You didn't you did shy away from. You leaned into it. You, so you said it with your chest. I'm, I'm I'm gonna give you credit for it. Well, we opened it up. You know, before uh, one of the things about great things about like I said about the cipher. This is this is where we put a topic in the middle of the ring, and uh, we we freestyle on it. We hit a little bit. And tonight that topic is boxing. Um, we'll do it. But if you are interested in everything else that's going on with RSG, we got our big show. That's myself and Phil and uh, 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 Marcus. Uh, that's like a, a faculty seminar in a barbershop. You know how cats in a barbershop would get all intellectual. You know, like they got a PhD and everything else has been said in the barbershop. <laughs> they come with all kinds of credit and everything else. Um, and that's the big show. Uh, you never know what's going to be said. We got one mic with myself and Hank and uh uh Darnell will definitely be joining us on that show as as our producer and helping us produce that show and and, and and broaden it. That's a show where um we'll we'll hit a couple other topics uh we'll We'll dig deep a little bit on a topic, maybe bring an expert in um in a different way than we do in the cipher It's much more freestyle that one might be we might be a little more surgical with it uh and one might and then we've got hustle and flows that's that's say cool and Marcus that's the intersection between hip hop. Um, and uh, sports, uh, you definitely got to check that out. I mean, those cats—they are next level kind of thinkers. It's it's a specialty uh, podcast that we have come out. It'll come out about quarterly, but it's incredible when you get a chance to hear it. If you want to go back in the catalog, you know some of the stuff they've been doing is timeless. And then uh, inside the park, uh, which is really over the time we've been on the air, has been it's an interesting podcast that Hank is now leading. Um, and Hank, in those of you who've been listening for a while, Hank is funny. He'll say something, but he's taking um, baseball back to the stories—not just about the analytics, uh, but you know, it's about the—it's about the, as we would say, you know, as as a budding researcher, it's about the qualitative and the quantitative research. It's it's the it's the analytics and it's the sound of the bat. You got to be able to combine that. And Hank brings those things uh, to the to the table. Uh, For us, so we got a lot we're trying to build over here. Uh, As I said, uh, we got uh, we're 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 developing a community on on Patreon platforms where artists and performers come together, where uh, fans and people of followers can help invest and help folks grow and listen to it in that space. We'll be doing some video. We do some exclusive content on there. Uh, So we just let you know that Um, I will uh, probably put the link to our Patreon. Uh, in the show description here once we at the end of the show so it, it'll be easy for you to to find it if you want to have a much more concierge and exclusive experience with us. Other than that, we're gonna give you all the free stuff, drop all the science on you all the way through. And so we're about to bless the mic with my man Darnell. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get to it. We're gonna bless the mic in the only way that we know how to do, you know, here, you know, on the cipher. Call call the Called, called, called the Cypher All right So as we get into this A little bit as we start to bless The mic before we get to the into the Deep topic around the Cypher uh, To kind of get warmed up We had a really good fight I think So much has been happening in boxing I think some people miss This fight and I know Darnell and I Talk about these kind of fights and this is a young man Don't miss any of the fights but he gets it But there was a fight that was a Any other time, any other year, to me, it's on a verge. It could have had a pay-per-view level kind of fight if you really would have pushed it. Between uh, Showtime, Sean Porter, and Danny Garcia, that happened a few weeks back, I thought was an incredible fight. Did you have a chance to watch that fight?
0: Oh, yeah, I watched it. It was a fun fight. What were your
1: thoughts? I mean, it was, you know, Showtime ended up winning.
0: Oh yeah. But I don't think it was a controversial decision at all. He um I feel with Sean he out, he outworked Danny. Um Danny was the yeah. he was the favorite because uh, most of the um uh, most of the boxing aficionados and the experts around were thinking um Danny would have the cleaner and sharper work which he did. He was hitting him with a lot of check hooks coming in. But um uh, one thing I noticed with Danny Garcia in that fight is he would throw about, he would throw like one or two punches at a time. But um, when it would get close, uh, Sean Porter would keep working through the clinches. He would throw three or four punches and keep fighting. And um, Danny would just wait to tie him up. And that was his downfall in the fight.
1: It it, it seems like one of the things I, I, when I watch Danny Garcia, I've always watched him, is he plays well when you really underestimate him. He sometimes has struggles when everybody expects him to win. And, and is he has he become a kind of fighter that will always win a lot of big fights? But when it comes to the big money fight, when it comes to the fighting the elite fighter, where they got the technical skills, the defensive skills, um, is he always going to be that guy that falls short? So he's he's going to be every second level cat. But when he gets into that top two or three in division, is he the kind of fighter when it when it's, when it's just a separation of skills in business? Is he going to be that kind of fighter that's always looking to the big money fights but might not, not uh, be able to crack through and just own the division? What's your opinion on that?
0: That's that's exactly what it seems like because if you look at the top guys in his division, I don't think he beats any of them. Um, Errol Spence, I think Errol Spence stops him. I think um, – Terrence Crawford boxing. I think uh, Terrence Crawford boxing the shoes off Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia yeah. doesn't have the feet, the footwork to keep up with him. And then we saw in the Keith Thurman fight, he can't he can't stay with Keith Thurman. So, as far as one forty seven goes, yeah, he's going to be at that second tier.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you hit it right on it. I mean, it's and it's part of it is I think he lacks the athleticism. His moves. Right. And and I think sometimes he catches people because I think people are a little – his speed might be in the ring. He's, he's, he's got good timing. He doesn't have speed. I think he's such a – you know, because you grew up in Philly, you learn how to get good time. you got to keep people off you. So I think he's benefited right. from that kind of training. But when it gets to the elite fighters where speed and just having good timing and they're going to be able to see the stuff, is not going to be enough. I think that's part of his struggle. Versus Showtime is a cat that you could see upsetting some fighters. 'Cause he yep. what was great about this fight is it was he was less brawling, he was doing more boxing. With a with brawling when he needed to. So he looked looked much more technical. And he's a great athlete. But he looked much yeah. more technical to go along with his toughness. Did you have that kind of assessment of huh, him?
0: Yeah, well, um, Sean Porter he has the he has the type of style to be um competitive and um a tough fight for pretty much anybody because he's gonna be in your face from from the opening bell to the, to the reading this, to the reading the scorecards, man. He's an aggressive fighter. <laughs> <artist. laughs> He's over. man, that boy Sean
1: Porter on you. But, um, uh, <laughs> head in your chest.
0: <laughs> yep. He, um, one thing that a lot of people say about him, well, he actually, he was a high school running back. Um, Sean Porter played football before he started boxing. And that really shows out in his style because um, if you watch Sean Porter, he he boxes like a running back. He uh, he got that four lean like uh, Ezekiel Elliott. He put that head in your chest, and, yeah, he go to work.
1: I, and I'm really interested in seeing uh, where this goes because he's one of those cats who's not afraid to, to fight anybody. Nope. You know what I'm saying? He's not afraid to fight anyone. and could be an interesting challenge for any of those cats you named. Um and I think they respect him because they know he's tough, um and they know he's going to keep coming um and he just got he got a dog in him that's just so much different, but now his dog went a little bit of polish, which is yeah. I think the reason why he lost some of those early tough fights is that he he didn't trust his boxing skills as much as he probably should have. He tried to just he, brawl through some of those fights, particularly well, German, never when had he used dab more, huh.
0: Yeah, right. He never had a he never had much of a pe- plan B. He's plan yeah. A and strong with it. But um, <laughs> you would think he will be you would think he'd be more of a technical fighter because um, if you remember um, his his father Kenny Porter he was um, he was one of the boxing trainers with USA Boxing back when um, yep. Sean Porter was um I think he came up in the around the time of the o eight Olympics with yeah. um Errol Spence, no Errol Spence is twenty twelve but o eight was um. Demetrius Andrade, you had um, shoot, Gary Russell Jr., Leo Santa yep. Cruz, Deontay Wilder. Yeah, I think he was with, with that crop of people.
1: Yeah, and 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 and, and I, I, you start to see that training come into his because those kind of big fights can be so. The, the thing about what you said about him being a football player is you know from playing football mm. that. Big events bring an emotion. So he part of it is, he, you're right, he like to run, but he, want, he, he like Earl Campbell. He want to run Hi. through you when it requires him to be like Le'Veon Bell, patient in the hole. You know what I'm saying? Be a little right. bit more relaxed in it. But I think part of his football training, when it's a big fight, that emotion starts leading. I thought he had a lot more control. He was still kind of control intensity. In this fight, with a lot more technical skills being displayed, versus when he got in some of those other fights, he was ready. I mean, it could have been MMA. He, 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 there was a time I thought he was going to throw somebody to the ground and start beating him up. But now I feel like he got a little bit more balanced with his emotions, <laughs> and I think some of that comes from when you're a football player. Right before game time, you're ready to go at it. Whereas in boxing, you got to be you got to be focused and have a lot of energy, but it's got to be controlled. Yeah, you right?
0: got to be controlled. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So then, you know the big fight this past weekend, Canelo, Triple J two. I had a 115, one fifteen, one thirteen. Canelo, like the judges, um, but you know a lot of people out there talking in them streets. You know uh, there was a lot <laughs> of uh, blood coming up in there. I know you was. I know you you had a chance to check it out, and and, and what what was your what was your feeling about the fight? Um, I, you and I exchanged. I kind of know where you you know who'd you have winning. Um and oh, yeah. um and and, and 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 you know, what's the prospects for you know, do you think it should be a three?
0: Uh, I had Canelo Alvarez winning pretty clearly. Um mm-hmm. all, leading up all the way to the fight, you all you heard was Abel Sanchez, Triple G's trainer, talking about we um Canelo used to fight Mexican style. Um he not he didn't fight like a Mexican. He um, he was running. And I think that was really disrespectful to the um to the Legends to the Mexican legends that came before them, because not every not every Mexican fighter fights like Brandon Rios with his chin out, <laughs> blocking punches with his That's face. Right. You had you had guys back in the day like Salvador Sanchez and Juan Manuel Marquez and Eric Morales. They knew how to box. They weren't just straight up brawlers. So I thought karma karma uh, hit him because um, Canelo <laughs> met him right in the center of the ring. And um, you saw the the quote-unquote monster in Triple G on his back foot the whole fight trying to – he thought he was Larry Holmes with the, with the jab or something. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, all, I, I that's think, how I thought.
1: Yeah, and I think you hit it right away. And this is part of what I – you know, one of the things that Max Kellerman does a really good job, I love the – he talks about, you know, on scoring Like, who do you rather be at the end of the round? But also, yeah. who's – but then you get Teddy Atlas, even though Telly had a score that was out of this world, I mean, in Harold Letterman, I mean, them cats. I don't know if they was oh. watching the same box. Somebody be checking glasses out there, you know. Man, somebody got to be checking hello. somebody's glasses. I don't know what Harold was watching. <laughs> Harold, Harold was Harold was probably watching a rerun of another fight, but I ain't gonna say nothing more about that one. But 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 who owned the land, the real estate? Right. And Canelo was owning the real estate, like you said, he was the boss in there. With a guy who said he wanted to go toe to toe, and he was backing up and countering. It, he had some good rounds. He hurt Canelo, but I felt like mm-hmm. Canelo was the boss in more of those rounds. And he stayed in the middle. He didn't move. He stayed even when he got hit. He stayed in the middle of the ring. So, so you heard everybody went crazy. Everybody talked junk. You know, uh, Triple G walked out of the uh, walked out of the uh, uh, the ring like mm-hmm. Isaiah leaving uh, the, the game against the pits all the, uh, the Bulls. <laughs> Oh, I, don't blame, I don't blame Zeke for leaving like that. You know, Abel Sanchez is still talking junk. Um, where do you think this – do you think they do a rematch? Do you think Canelo should pivot in a different direction and come back later for the rematch? What do you think should be the next move?
0: I think that's what's going to happen. Um, uh, the WBC, they're they're going to their convention pretty soon, and they're going to see if they're going to order the Jamal Charlo fight for Canelo because um, if you mm. remember, Jamal Charlo was, was um, Triple G's mandatory, he was – Triple G's mandatory since earlier last year. And yeah, Abel Sanchez was over there talking about, um, oh, what has he done to earn a shot at Triple G how that like, he's your mandatory, you gotta fight him. I mean because, that's right. But, um before after the vonis Motorosa fight, the WBC came out and they said that if um um that if Triple G didn't fight Canelo, they have to fight um Charlo. So I'm I'm looking to see if they're gonna make um Canelo fight Charlo or if he or if Canelo's gonna go in a different direction.
1: And I don't think Canelo would be afraid to fight Charlo. You no, know, not at
0: all.
1: I mean, Canelo's right now about big money fights, um, you know, the money got to be right. Um, you know, I think I've always said Canelo learned a lot from his fight against Mayweather. He's been a different fighter ever since. Well, he paid attention to, to how Mayweather beat him. Um, <laughs> and he's been a different fighter since then. He's been he's been controlled aggression. He's gotten better defense, and that set up his offense. I mean, I think he's been a better – it's hard to say it like this, but I think he's been a more entertaining version of Mayweather, whereas Canelo's strengthened his defense, but he has not done it in a way that wouldn't um, affect his offense. He's still offensive in that defensive kind of thing, whereas, you know, um, know, Mayweather – you know, people in the early early days, Mayweather had some incredible fights he was exchanging with back in the day when his dad was yelling at him when he was exchanging. Um but but I think can- Canelo has just gotten better defensively, but it hasn't taken away his aggression offensively. Which I think could make for a very entertaining uh style for him moving forward.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Well, hey, we bless the mic. If y'all if see, do we not to pick in terms of what, y'all? I mean Y- y- y'all think we messing around over here at RSG. Y'all think we're messing around. We ain- we ain't even playing. We're we doing-, we doing this like Wu-Tang. We add somebody new every every year. You know, every year. We just added Method Man. This is Method Man right here. We just added Method Man. We're about to get going. Well, hey, check this out, y'all. We're about to, uh, we went from Blessing the Mic, we're going into the Cypher again uh, to-, to-, to knock this out, where we're going to get deep into what's beef. We see Anthony Anthony Joshua. We got Deontay Wilder. We got a number of things going on here. And so um, we're gonna switch some things around and run down. We're going to uh, take a little little break here. Let my man has been coming out like straight fire right now. I wanna give him a chance to just breathe a little bit and then we'll come back and go into the cipher, y'all, here on R S G the Cipher. This is Doug Fisher, editor of RingTV.com, and I'm on the Real Sports Guys podcast. Hi, this is Ben Miller, 2018 RSG Tourney Challenge winner, on the Real Sports Guy. Call, call, the, call, call, the, call, call, call the Cypher. All right, we're back. It's RSG Cypher. Um, you're listening to Devon Wilson and our, our new RSG intern and uh, and producer, uh, Darnell Kirkland. If you've been listening to this podcast, you can understand why we want this young man to be working with us. He's just outstanding, um, and, and we're talking boxing tonight. It's just been a joy to, you know, it's just a joy to watch a young cat who, who, who really is understanding the game and everything behind it and, and uh, is really pushing it tonight. So it's, it's been – I hope you all been enjoying this show. If you want to catch us on Real Sports Guys, we're at Real Sports Guys on all social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Twitter, IG, anywhere that you can catch us on. Uh, Apple Podcasts and all podcasts, Real Sports Guys, Um, uh, check us out. Um, We enjoy getting any comments back from folks. You know, if you're going to come, you're going to come into the DMs or you're going to come and try to challenge us, you better come strong or you're going to hear this. That's our dog. That's our guard dog. That's our guard dog right there. It's okay. You understand it? Hey, you know you know to do this, now. When whenever somebody get wrong, make sure you know where that button is. Hit them with it. All right. So then we then after that we coming with the straight fire on them. They know they know they know that all hell is coming about to break loose up in here. Coming up here with some craziness. All right, where's like the cipher? No. That's right. <laughs> 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 we're about to get up in here. So, hey, Amen. You know the thing about boxing. Is you you gotta say you know uh, you know there's nothing but beef in boxing right now. It's it's crazy. Uh, we talked a little bit about Canelo and Triple G and what's next, but we'll get into uh, Anthony Joshua Deontay Watt. Look, the heavyweight division hasn't been this exciting in a long time. AJ just had a Devin like it was a great fight. Um, uh, and AJ uh, Anthony Joshua. Show hard, he's, you know, he's a different kind of heavyweight, giving you combinations everything else. And then you got Deontay Wilder, you know, the sledgehammer. The, the cat, he hits you, he might knock you through Alabama and into Louisiana. <laughs> uh, you know, he's from, he from the south, you know, trying to rep with the road tie and all that. Uh, but before we get into De- 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 uh, Deontay Wilder's fight that's coming up with Tyson Fury that undercard, uh, we'll get in there Anthony Joshua wins, which sets the table. Talk a little bit about and help people who don't understand who these two people are and kind of what's happening and what, what's the deal. Because this is going to be a mega fight. This might if this thing comes together, this is probably going to be one of the biggest fights from a from a momentum standpoint. Um probably since Tyson Lewis, maybe? In terms of a pre fight momentum. Um Something maybe like that. Something like that, where you got a lot of energy uh, uh, around it. So, help people understand this beef and where they're coming from, and what's been around trying to put this deal together.
0: Wow. So it started. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to where um, to the year. The year was 2015. You had um. Deontay Wilder was the WBC champion, and Vladimir K- Klitschko had the um, WBA, the um, WBO, and the IBS. And Vladimir Klitschko fought um ty- Well, um, Anthony Joshua was the mandatory for um for Deontay Wilder's WBC championship. So he was there. He was about to get a. He was about to get a title shot at um, Deontay Wilder. And what happened on the other side was um, Tyson Fury, he beats Vladimir Klitschko. And after he beats Vladimir Klitschko, he tests positive for um, cocaine. And he goes into this, he spirals out into this um, depression. And he gains about 150 pounds and a lot of stuff happens to him. So he gets stripped of his championships, but he never lost in the ring. And here goes Anthony Joshua picking up those belts one by one, he le- he left the um, WBC rankings, and then he um, he beat um, Charles Martin, he beat um, Joseph Parker, and who did he beat for the other belt? I forgot. Um, I forgot who he beat for the other one, but um, he en- he ended up with all three of um, Tyson Fury's belts. So naturally, what happens is. If he got three of the belts and Deontay Wilder got the other one, we want to see them fight so he can have the first undisputed heavyweight champion since uh, Lennox Lewis. But then what happens is, Deontay um, Wilder comes. He, I think the fight was, oh, um, uh, shoot. It was a Carlos Tacum fight that um, Anthony Joshua had. And Deontay Wilder went. Actually, no, it was um, it was a Klitschko fight. Actually, Deontay yeah. Wilder went to the um, Klitschko fight, and um, I don't think the um, pay-per-view people or HBO Showtime they didn't even acknowledge that he was there. So <laughs> after that, after that happened, Deontay Wilder was calling him out. He was like, "I want, I want Anthony Joshua," and so um, he was like, "Okay, but I have to mandatory first. So it was, He signed up to fight Kubrat-Pulev, which was his mandatory. And he ended up pulling out of the fight. So he ended up fighting Carlos Taco. So after that fight happened, um, Deontay Wilder was like, all right, now it's time to fight. But then I forgot what was the excuse right there. So they they didn't fight there. So then it was the um, Joseph Parker fight. Um, Deontay Wilder was slated to... um, he was slated to uh, announce the fight, be one of the announcers for Sky Sports for the, for the Joseph Parker fight, and he he had plans to run up on AJ after the fight and, and get in the ring. But Eddie Hearn about two or three two or three weeks before the fight, Eddie Hearn was like, oh, "That's not gonna happen." Um, and then Anthony Joshua came out publicly and said, "Oh, I don't wanna um, I don't wanna hype the fight or something like that." And I'm like, if you're not going to hype the fight, that's how we're going to build. That's how the fight's going to get built. So it's going to be a good fight. Yeah. So, like, that had most of us in the boxing community thinking that Anthony Joshua doesn't want the fight. Yeah. So, and then, um, flash forward to this this there's recent negotiations that are going on, and, um, The fight was projected by some people to be able to gross about $100 million. Mm. Eddie Hearn Hearn, um, offers a $12 million um, flat rate, right? A flat fee. And um, Deontay Wilder replies and says, um, he says, um, I want to have a percentage. And Joseph Parker was given a 65 to 35% split. And I believe that I'm worth at least a 60-40 split. And Eddie Hearn was like, no, I'll give you $15 million. Take it or leave it.
1: So he, he assumed that he probably knew that that he wouldn't take that at all anyway. So he's right. offering something that, that he
0: probably was going to take anyway. Mm. That's Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what happened. He said, "He said, uh, all right, take the $15 million. This is This is what happened. This is what um, Oscar De La Hoya did to Triple G about three or four years ago uh, three years ago but when before the fight happened, like this is when the fight when they were first negotiating the fight it didn't happen. They both had a couple of fights and then they ended up making it happen. But uh, just for a point of reference. So what happens now is oh wait, never mind I'll, I'll go back. But um right after that happens, Deontay Wilder he um he says he, he would accept the offer if, um, on the exception that the fight happens next. And then, you know what happens the very next day? The WBA comes out and says, you must fight. You, ha- you must sign the fight, Alexander Pervekin within the next 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, and you have to stop the, um... <laughs> so, the very next oh day, goodness. we're following this. <laughs> so, we're all like, this is rather wild because, um... It had to be like Eddie Hearn or somebody must have must have called the WA on the on the um, you know on the side or under the table or something because that's crazy. I don't know because um, if you look if you look to the welterweight division, Keith Thurman hasn't fought in almost two years and he hasn't wow. he hasn't been forced with a mandatory he hasn't been stripped or anything. So <laughs> wow, so that's kind of that's wow. kind of wild.
1: So so so, what happens now? How close are we to making this fight happen? Like I, I, I know we, right now we're looking at Tyson Fury, Wilder. Are we going to have it right after that? What are we looking at? I know he he said he has a date reserved at the uh, in the big it arena, April thirteenth. Yep. Yep. You think that's going to happen?
0: I seriously doubt it because um, Eddie Hearn came out about three or four days ago, and he says that. Um, he, he said, we're not going to wait around for Deontay Wilder. Um, if he wants to fight us April 13th, we have to, um, the fight has the fight has to be um, negotiated and agreed upon before the Tyson Fury fight. That
1: doesn't make any sense.
0: Right. That doesn't make any sense at all. So we're just like, what's going on? So and um, I think it was yesterday or day before that. Eddie Hearn's father, Barry Hearn, the um, CEO of uh, Matchroom Promotions, Matchroom Boxing, he um, has an interview with uh, BBC out in England, and um, he's going on, he's talking, and um, they have a surprise for him. <laughs> Frank um, Frank Warren, which is the um, promoter of Tyson Fury, he's on the line with him. So he's talking, so he's like, um, so he asked, um, in the event of um, that we beat Deontay Wilder, would you, um, would would Anthony Johnson would be open to fighting Tyson Fury? And he mm. said, yes. So he was like, okay, he said, yes, subject to terms. And he said, what do you mean subject to terms? And he was like, you know what, you know what I mean. You're going to ask for too much money. And the fight's not gonna happen. That's what um, Barry Hearn said. Mm. So then he and then Frank Warren said, um, he said we're not gonna ask for too much money. Um, it's a fifty-fifty fight, straight down the middle. And and he was like, and then Barry Hearn got like he was irate. He won't to rant. Mm. He was like, there's no fifty-fifty fight with the number one heavyweight champion of the world.
1: <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah. This this is, this is gonna be one of those things. Again, this is where boxing differs from UFC. You know, when right. there's a fight to be made, it gets made. But part of it is the money that goes to the fighters is so much more than the UFC right. that, that you get this. Like the money, the money going the, When you get to these big fights, it's not you can't even compare the two sports. The money that's thrown around when you get to these big fights is, is, is incredible. So now we got Wilder going up against Fury. So none of the other stuff can happen without this fight. This guy this is a great fight with a great undercar. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Well, this is gonna be a very interesting fight because Tyson Fury, he's a great boxer. He fights off the back foot. He's this is kinda of blasphemous, but um his style is um reminiscent of a um older Muhammad Ali. That's the way he that's the style of his fight. I'm not gonna say he's as skilled of a boxer or anything like that. But he's on his back foot. He has great head movement, six to jab out. He's six foot nine, so like that can cause problems six for pretty nine. much anybody. Yeah. Six foot nine. Yep. Wow. Wow. So and the
1: big, uh, in your yep. who, who the gonna
0: win? I got a – wow. My uh I believe that Wilder will eventually catch up to him and knock him out because um he um Tyson Fury, like we said earlier, he had that um the two year period where he didn't fight because um he had his issues with um cocaine and stuff like that, so he had like so he gained a lot of weight and he working it off. He's working he's he's pretty much down to his original fighting weight. He's about two sixty right now. And well when he fought Vladimir Klitschko he was around two forty, but that's better than the three hundred pound three hundred, four hundred pounds he was at. Mm. So mm. He should be um he should be in good shape versus Wilder, but um Wilder his, he's so athletic. That's one thing people don't people forget about um Deontay Wilder was before he started boxing he was actually a um he was a basketball player, a college basketball player at some um uh, some community college in Alabama or something like that. Maybe he stopped playing basketball to box. So he's very athletic, fast and unorthodox. And his, with his power, he's like a modern day George Foreman or something. He, yeah. I think with, he'll with get athletic. him. At, he, yeah, he's gonna hit him at some point because he's just so fast. And um, one thing we seen with Tyson Fury is if you hit him, I think he can go down because I saw him get knocked down by Steve Cunningham, and Steve Cunningham is, is a cruiserweight, was a career cruiserweight.
1: Yeah. Mm. So it, we, 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 we're gonna stay tuned, and we're gonna, you know, as we get closer to fight, you know, we're gonna try and get Doug Fisher on here. Along with you and I, and, and chop it up, and you know, we'll um, we'll 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 break that fight down even more. But that fight is also developing a pretty good undercard, right?
0: Oh yeah, it might this might be the best undercard I've ever seen. Well, as far as what they what the rumors are saying, because nothing, I don't think anything is exactly official yet. But um, we've there's rumors around that um. There might be a Gary Russell Jr. versus Leo Santa Cruz fight on the undercard. That's going to be amazing. Wow. Featherweight fight. Yeah. Gary Russell Jr. has the fastest yeah. hands in boxing. Mm. And, um, Leo Santa Cruz, he's one of those guys. He's, um, he's known to put together 100, 100 punches in a round, every round. Mm. Yeah. He had several, several fights with a thousand punches for the whole fight. Wow. So it's going to be a war. And then, um, on Snapchat, Errol Spitz he posted a video of him on um of him on the treadmill. with the caption said, December 1st, and we know December 1st is in is the date of um Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. So <laughs> uh, he might be fighting on that card, which is going to be amazing because he's probably top ten, one of the top ten best fighters in the world. And um, he was rumored, well, not rumored, but him and Mikey Garcia have been saying that they're going to, set it, try, they're looking to set up a fight for December, and we didn't know which date it was going to be on. But he's saying it's December first, and we're not sure if that's going to be on the card or not. Or, but yeah. that would be great.
1: Yeah. So it could be a great night. It could be a great night of boxing. Oh yeah,
0: great night of boxing
1: separate, with, with, with two big heavyweights. Well, you can get your popcorn popping, get ready on that one. You know I'm going to be scoring it. Y'all check me out on Twitter at D um, uh, on Twitter uh, A lot of times When I'm scoring a fight As you can see I, I was I, I got it I got it right uh, For the Triple G uh, Canelo fight I'm sure I'll, I'll get I'll get Darnell Our, our, our intern and, and, and virgin producer And you can hear Talented analyst Of boxing uh, We're going to try And get him online too So he can score you know, I can follow And get a sense You know That you know we can know What we're talking about You know I know I love Harold Letterman You know Hall of Famer All that But <laughs> Uh they they lost their mind oh, last night. Hopefully they regained their, their stuff in these upcoming fights. I don't know what fights they watch it. See I need to listen to us. My right. goodness. So I'm another
0: about down door.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say this. So I learned this I from talking, talking to here. Doug Fisher. I I learned this from talking to Doug Fisher, my my guy. You know, editor chief of Ring magazine. Doug, I'm sorry we 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 didn't get to connect as much out there in LA. I'm looking forward to sitting down with you in person, uh, if you're listening uh, to this, and listen to this young man who's gifted. We might have to get him writing on your, uh, doing a piece for RSG on your magazine if you got space for us. But anyway, um, we, I, D, Doug kind of got me away from doing the pound for pound. But my only way to get Doug to actually give me a list, I ha- I, I thought about it and I reframed it, and I, he went for it. So I'm gonna do it with you. Uh, I, what I call the Mount Rushmore of active boxers. So it's not an order or anything, but these are the people that of the active boxers you would put on your boxing Mount, uh, mount Rushmore. Who are your top five that you would have on your Mount Rushmore? In no order, but they'd just be on them. If you looked up at, 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 uh, uh, at Darnell Kirkland Mountain, you would see them uh, on the top of the mountain as your your Rushmore picks.
0: Well, that would be a tough one because um... – when you're looking at pound for pound, you have to you have to take some things in the, in, the, in the account. Are we looking at resume resume wise, who's the best fighter? Are we looking at styles? As far as like, if everybody was the same, if everybody was the same weight, who would be the best boxer? Like, which which way are you would you be looking for? Like, what? Um, I'm
1: saying it. I'm saying it. It's your list. One of the things I learned on RSG is your list. You you defining what that is. You know, we'll, okay. we'll do we'll, we'll do a lot of top lists, and uh, my guy Phil T, who you'll get to know, will say something crazy. We don't know what he, got, but it's his list. It's his list. <laughs> now right. you got to be a you, you got to make sure you got a list that doesn't provoke this. Is it <laughs> I knew it was coming. Right. You don't want that, but just. Frame it like 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 these are five people that whenever they fight you're gonna be watching because you just think it's gonna be hard for them to anybody to beat them. And you can however you however you set that five up that you just say, these are the five people to watch in boxing.
0: These are the five people to watch. All right. That's a good one. For the five people to watch, I would say um um number one Terrence Crawford
1: off top. I love Terrence Crawford. Um, why are they hating on him, man? Arrow wow, Spitz hating on him. It's like the Crips oh. of the Blood. We on wait, wait. wait, a minute. Whoa. That's the that.
0: story behind that one too. Um, um you know, you know, um, Bomac, Terrence Crawford's trainer, he came on yep. um Trill Boxing Talk with um uh, the LDBC on um on YouTube with um Seventy Eight Sports TV and Black Fight Fan. They mm-hmm. had a they had a show on there and um they had Bomac. Which is Terrence Crawford's trainer, and he came on there talking all kinds of stuff about the boy Earl Spence. He was saying um, uh, he gets out of shape on the off in the off season. He was saying um, he doesn't have a promoter, so he's pretty much living paycheck to paycheck. He was saying a whole bunch of stuff like that. Mm. And um, and to be honest, I think Earl had Earl had a little bit of that uh, liquid courage that um, that um. <laughs> got a little bit of that alcohol in his system that day. Cause I ain't never seen when they say that movie. I ain't never ever seen you act like this. Cause Earl was talking
1: something. She was talking crazy. <laughs> so uh, so you got Terrence Crawford on there. Who who the other
0: four? Oh, um, if I'm just saying the 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 fighters to watch, would yep. always say um Terrence Crawford, Vasiliy Lomachenko. Um, Earl Spence, Deontay Wilder, and Shoot. So I gotta throw Canelo in there because he has, he has the best resume in boxing.
1: That's it. Well, hey, that's a that's a formable that's a formable round rush board. I mean, people could debate one, but that's a formable one. That's that's solid. That's like bringing the dog out. You might have some disagreements with one or two, but those are <laughs> those are folks that are hard to put something up against. I mean, Wait, those are the, cats that people ain't signed up to, to fight real quick.
0: Yeah, which 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 one would you have a disagreement with?
1: I wouldn't have a disagree. I actually like that. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I um, I'm I'm trying I'm, I'm to think. I don't know who I might have over them. I don't know who I would have over that group, really. Um, I don't know who else. I think the only person, but he don't fight enough. Because he could start being as Gary Russell.
0: Gar- yeah, I Gary Russell is often the forgotten guy in the pound for pound list. Yeah.
1: If he fought more, and part of it is he don't fight often enough to be out there. But yeah, Gary Russell would be the one that I would probably put in there if he fought more.
0: Yeah, but Gary Russell, one thing with him is um, his hands. He has a he has a pretty similar issue to um, Floyd Mayweather, was his hands are pretty um, brittle and they get hurt almost every other fight. So. He he needs that time in between his in between his fights to um, really heal. So um, yep. he's looking for he's looking for pretty much only the big fights. Like he wants to fight, and that's what that's pretty much why he doesn't fight that often. He has he has a similar issue to um, Demetrius Andre at middleweight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he um he,
1: every fight
0: he wants he wants every fight to be like a big money fight or a big. To get him noticed or something like that, so he often doesn't take the um, stay busy fights that everybody else takes. Like Lomachenko last year, he got Fighter of the Year by ESPN or something like that, and he only fought one guy that was in his weight class. I'm like, he fought Mariaga (laughs) from 122. He fought um, Jason Sosa, which is a journeyman at 130. So it was he got he fought Rigondeaux from 122.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, and I, and I and I think you know I think um two people who probably go, like Charlo um with you know he's fighting Heard um uh, would be one, but I think they're one or two fights away. I mean, whoever right. comes out of the herd Charlo fight could start to argue. I mean, those two, those two are beasts, and so yeah, they, you know, maybe they start getting into the conversation, you know, at some point. But they just need, you know, people are afraid of them. They just need a couple more big money fights over yeah. some people then you could probably start bringing them into the conversation.
0: Yeah, Jamel is probably my favorite fighter in boxing, but if Yeah.
1: But he I ain't got he just I ain't got, got enough air time yet. It, yeah. Right. yeah, he ain't got enough air time like the other ones you named. Who, you know, they got they they got some they got some they got some pellets on their belt. You know, they yeah. they got some they have taken a couple people's hearts uh, on their belt. <laughs> so they you know they they're they're there. Or Anthony Joshua could be arguing with just because of what he just performed. You know, it'd be the right. first time you in a long time you would have a list with two heavyweights on there. Um, and he you could make an argument about AJ because he just oh, did yeah. you know, you think about his, his victories, you know, if I gave you a 6 person, AJ'd probably be that six. I mean it'd be the first time in a long time you would have a list with one heavyweight on, but now you got a list with possibly two heavyweights on there. Um right. would be would be more what I'm talking about. What yeah, brother I do
0: put
1: heavy, yep. yep. Right. We don't put heavyweights on there. Nah, yeah, we not. don't put
0: heavyweights on there because they're flat out the best. Like, there's nobody yeah. from any weight class is going to be the heavyweight. Like, yeah. I don't care how good Earl Spence or um, Terrence Crawford is. If you put a man with a B-level heavyweight like Jarrell Miller or Adam Panacki or something like that, they're going to they gonna tear him up.
1: So, yeah, and, that, and you, yeah, you don't have the Roy Jones Juniors or the other cats who, yeah. who who know how to go up and fight with them big men and know how to pick the right fight. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but they, ain't a you they fight no Lennox Lewis.
0: <laughs> yeah, when you when you said pick the right fights, you you, you use the right word right there because Roy Jones is great, He's a great fighter, probably one of the best pound fighters ever, but but when he went to heavyweight, there he didn't fight no Vander Holyfield or uh, yeah. Lennox Lewis or Riddick Bowe He fought like he fought John Ruiz for a reason. Yeah, for a reason.
1: I don't know if that so he, yeah. he, he 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 was just trying to get that on his resume. That was a resume right. fight. That wasn't that exactly. was, was a legacy fight. Uh, that's a different kind of fight. It was a resume fight. <laughs> Say we did it. You know, that, that that was about it on that one. Well, man, did you have fun?
0: Oh, yeah. i love to do
1: it again. Before I, before I drop the mic, well, we, you know, A, there's going to be things happening behind the scenes with this young man helping us move, but as you can see, he's talented as all can be. He's going to be in front of the mic with us as much as he's behind the mic. Uh, we're trying to grow this thing, but we're going to grow it with talented people like my man, Darnell Kirkland, you can tell right now, he knows he's as good about boxing. We've had, we've had people who do this just do this, and he's doing this, and you'll see this in this other, when he talks about other sports, this way he's he's guy come prepared, and you've got to have a young producer that's prepared like that, who knows how to help you get those questions. That's why we're trying to take this thing to the next level. I'm dropping the mic with this. I'm going to say, look, there's been a lot of talk about UFC, and I, you know, I love what's happening in UFC. I think it's a great outlet for a certain level of sports. But I think boxing, in recent, in you know, recent years, its resurgence and its ability to allow venues like the Barclays Center, you know, Staples Center, start to take on its shape. Like it's not just Vegas that they're finding these venues where uh, things are happening over and over again, and it's, you know these matches are beginning to happen more frequently um, between these great fighters. It's found its way back, and now we have on the horizon. You know, something we've probably all been yearning for is a great heavyweight matchup. Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua. Oh, my goodness, 2019 could be a great year for boxing. And you know that we're going to talk about it here on The Real Sports Guys. So, you know, until next time, be real. You catch us on RSG, uh, Real Sports Guys on all uh, platforms. Um, you can catch it on podcast. And again, for myself and Darnell, a hey, be real, be out. Call the cipher Call the Call the cypher. I love the People. Call the cycle. Feeling good, you know. I was in the big house this weekend. Watched the almost watched the second coming in Appalachian State, but. I'm uh, so, I'm glad to be back in the booth. So, I'm glad to be back in the booth. So, in the booth. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Michigan, Michigan looks like the mere con kind of, uh, of football. Okay. Greg Scalzo, TJ Hogan here. We're now being joined by friend of show, Devon Wilson of Real Sports Guys. You can follow them on Twitter at Real Sports Guys. What's up, Devon? Call the cipher. Call the cipher. Call the cipher. Cool.